0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode is another chapter from Longfellow's The Song of Hiawatha, Hiawatha's Childhood. Last week's episode, Hiawatha's Sailing, described the building of a birch bark canoe. I chose it for Indigenous Peoples' Day for the many admirable aspects of the Ojibwa culture it presents. The Ojibwa's fine craftsmanship, their sense of beauty in the fashioning of even the most utilitarian of objects, their relationship to the natural world, aspects that the Ojibwa share with the other indigenous nations of North America. Today, I'd like to back up to Hiawatha's childhood. When I read the Song of Hiawatha to my niece and nephew while staying in a cottage by the ocean some years ago, this is where I started and is thus where I first had the idea of doing this podcast, though podcasts hadn't yet come into being. It isn't where the Song of Hiawatha begins, however, but is rather the third chapter. First is the background in which Gichi Manitou, the master of life and creator of the nations, gives the nations the gift of the peace pipe and promises to send them a prophet to guide them, Different nations give this prophet different names, as Longfellow explains in the notes which accompany the poem. Michabau, Chiabo, Matabotso, Teranyawagan, Hiawatha, the last of which Longfellow chose for its sound, though it is the Iroquois rather than Ojibwa name. Hiawatha's father is introduced, Majakewis, the West Wind, and his mother, Winona, who dies of grief after being abandoned by the west wind, leaving Hiawatha to be raised by his grandmother, Nokomis, herself fallen to earth from the moon, her mother. Hiawatha's childhood moves from his infancy in the cradle to his rite of passage into manhood, the killing of a deer. Though much is thus covered in 173 lines, it never feels hurried as Hiawatha learns about the natural world, including the heavens. See if you can pick out the northern lights in Milky Way and the inhabitants of the sky and forest. Let's listen. Hiawatha's Childhood from The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. By the shores of Gichigumi, by the shining big sea water, stood the wigwam of Nokomis, daughter of the moon Nokomis. Dark behind it rose the forest, rose the black and gloomy pine trees, rose the firs with cones upon them. Bright before it beat the water, beat the clear and sunny water, beat the shining big sea water. There the wrinkled old Nokomis nursed the little Hiawatha, Rocked him in his linden cradle, bedded soft with moss and rushes, safely bound with reindeer sinews. Stilled his fretful wail by saying, Hush, the naked bear will hear thee. Lulled him into slumber, singing, "Iwaye, my little owlet. Who is this that lights the wigwam with his great eyes, lights the wigwam, E-Y-Y-A, my little owlet? Many things Nokomis taught him of the stars that shine in heaven. Showed him Ishkuda the comet, Ishkudah with fiery tresses. Showed the death dance of the spirits, warriors with their plumes and war clubs, flaring far away to northward in the frosty nights of winter. Showed the bright white road in heaven, pathway of the ghosts, the shadows running straight across the heavens crowded with the ghosts, the shadows. At the door on summer evenings sat the little Hiawatha, heard the whispering of the pine trees, heard the lapping of the waters, sounds of music, words of wonder. Miniwawa, said the pine trees. Mudwayoushka, said the water. Saw the firefly, Wawatesi, with the twinkle of its candle lighting up the brakes and bushes, and he sang the song of children, sang the song Nekomas taught him. Wawatesi, little firefly, little flitting white fire insect, little dancing white fire creature, light me with your little candle, ere upon my bed I lay me, ere in sleep I close my eyelids. Saw the moon rise from the water rippling, rounding from the water, saw the flecks and shadows on it, whispered, What is that, Nokomis? And the good Nokomis answered, Once a warrior, very angry, seized his grandmother and threw her up into the sky at midnight. Right against the moon he threw her, tis her body that you see there. Saw the rainbow in the heaven, in the eastern sky, the rainbow, whispered, What is that, Nokomis? And the good Nokomis answered, Tis the heaven of flowers you see there, all the wild flowers of the forest, all the lilies of the prairie, when on earth they fade and perish, blossom in that heaven above us. When he heard the owls at midnight, hooting, laughing in the forest, What is that? he cried in terror. What is that? he said, Nokomis. And the good Nokomis answered, That is but the owl and owlet, talking in their native language, talking, scolding at each other. Then the little Hiawatha learned of every bird its language, learned their names and all their secrets, how they built their nests in summer, where they hid themselves in winter, talked with them whene'er he met them, called them Hiawatha's chickens. Of all beasts he learned the language, Learned their names and all their secrets. How the beavers built their lodges, Where the squirrels hid their acorns. How the reindeer ran so swiftly, Why the rabbit was so timid. Talked with them whene'er he met them, Called them Hiawatha's brothers. Then Iagu, the great boaster, He the marvelous storyteller, He the traveler and the talker, He the friend of old Nokomis, made a bow for Hiawatha, from a branch of ash he made it, from an oak bough made the arrows, tipped with flint and winged with feathers, and the cord he made of deerskin. Then he said to Hiawatha, "'Go, my son, into the forest, where the red deer herd together. Kill for us a famous roebuck, kill for us a deer with antlers.'" Forth into the forest straightway, all alone walked Hiawatha, proudly with his bow and arrows, and the birds sang round him, o'er him. Do not shoot us, Hiawatha, sang the robin, the opichi, sang the bluebirds, the oesa. Do not shoot us, Hiawatha. Up the oak tree, close beside him, sprang the squirrel, Ajidomo. In and out among the branches, coughed and chattered from the oak tree, Laughed and said between his laughing, Do not shoot me, Hiawatha. And the rabbit from his pathway leaped aside and at a distance sat erect upon his haunches, half in fear and half in frolic, saying to the little hunter, Do not shoot me, Hiawatha. But he heeded not nor heard them, for his thoughts were with the red deer. On their tracks his eyes were fastened leading downward to the river, to the ford across the river, and as one in slumber walked he, hidden in the alder bushes, there he waited till the deer came, till he saw two antlers lifted, saw two eyes look from the thicket, saw two nostrils point to windward, and the deer came down the pathway, flecked with leafy light and shadow, and his heart within him fluttered, Trembled like the leaves above him, like the birch leaf palpitated as the deer came down the pathway. Then, upon one knee uprising, Hiawatha aimed an arrow. Scarce a twig moved with his motion, scarce a leaf was stirred or rustled. But the wary roebuck started, stamped with all his hoofs together, listened with one foot uplifted, leaped as if to meet the arrow ah the singing fatal arrow like a wasp it buzzed and stung him dead he lay there in the forest by the ford across the river beat his timid heart no longer but the heart of hiawatha throbbed and shouted and exalted as he bore the red deer homeward and iago and nikomas hailed his coming with applauses from the red deer's hide, Nokomis made a cloak for Hiawatha. From the red deer's flesh, Nokomis made a banquet in his honor. All the village came and feasted. All the guests praised Hiawatha, called him Strongheart, Songata, called him Loonheart, mongotesi When he published The Song of Hiawatha, Longfellow included a glossary of the 140 Ojibwe words he uses in the poem, as well as notes on the sources for the individual stories and legends he wove into it. He is forthright in acknowledging that the materials he used are third-hand to him at best. This was true as well with Evangeline, In that case, Longfellow's portrayal of a French-speaking Catholic culture was, and continues to be, embraced by the Acadians it depicts, with statues of Evangeline erected both in Canada and Louisiana. The case of the Song of Hiawatha is different, with Native American readers divided, some embracing it as a worthy preservation of Native traditions and stories, that can be enjoyed by both Native and non-Native readers, while others feel that their stories and traditions have been distorted by Longfellow's Euro-American Christian biases, whether consciously or unconsciously, whatever good intentions he might have had, and in any case these stories and traditions aren't his to tell. It's a question that all readers today should keep in mind, Longfellow's portrayal of Catholicism and Evangeline was so accurate and so positive that Catholic admirers were disappointed to learn that Longfellow wasn't Catholic but Unitarian, about as far from Catholicism as it's possible to be, and yet claim some connection to Christianity. It will require more familiarity with the Song of Hiawatha and with Native American religions to consider whether Longfellow achieved something similar with the native religious traditions he portrays. In what I've shared last episode and again this episode, I think Longfellow's respect for and appreciation of native traditions is visible throughout. He does misstep once in Hiawatha's childhood, in my view, when he refers to Hiawatha just before he kills the deer as the little hunter. No, he is a youth on the brink of manhood. But this misstep may not be the result of Euro-American condescension, but rather a stumble in Longfellow's overall portrayal of Hiawatha's transformation journey from infancy through childhood and adolescence to manhood, otherwise handled so deftly. Still, I wish the line wasn't part of the poem but for me, at least, it doesn't negate how much in this chapter I enjoy, learn from, and admire. It is written with younger readers in mind, but not to simply entertain them, but to help them make the same journey as the humorous chattering of the birds and squirrel and rabbit give way to the seriousness of the killing of the deer. Anyone who's hunted will recognize the realism of Longfellow's presentation of this serious business, from the fluttering of Hiawatha's heart to the leap of the deer. With the return of Hiawatha, his heart exultant, to his village, his transformation is complete. Let's listen again. Hiawatha's Childhood, from The Song of Hiawatha, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. By the shores of Gichigumi, by the shining big sea water, stood the wigwam of Nokomis, daughter of the moon, Nokomis. Dark behind it rose the forest, rose the black and gloomy pine trees, rose the firs with cones upon them. Bright before it beat the water, beat the clear and sunny water, beat the shining big sea water. There the wrinkled old Nokomis nursed the little Hiawatha, rocked him in his linden cradle, bedded soft with moss and rushes, safely bound with reindeer sinews, stilled his fretful wail by saying, Hush, the naked bear will hear thee, lulled him into slumber, singing, ewa ye, my little owlet, Who is this that lights the wigwam, with his great eyes lights the wigwam, Iwaye, my little owlet. Many things Nokomis taught him of the stars that shine in heaven. Showed him Ishkuda, the comet, Ishkuda with fiery tresses. Showed the death dance of the spirits, warriors with their plumes and war clubs, flaring far away to northward in the frosty nights of winter. Showed the broad white road in heaven, pathway of the ghosts, the shadows, running straight across the heavens, crowded with the ghosts, the shadows. At the door on summer evenings sat the little Hiawatha, heard the whisperings of the pine tree, heard the lapping of the waters, sounds of music, words of wonder. wawa said the pine trees. Mudwayoshka, said the water. Saw the firefly, Wawatesi, with the twinkle of its candle, lighting up the break in bushes. And he sang the song of children, sang the song Nokomis taught him. Wawatesi, little firefly, little flitting white fire insect, little dancing white fire creature, light me with your little candle, ere upon my bed I lay me, ere in sleep I close my eyelids. Saw the moon rise from the water, rippling, rounding from the water, saw the flecks and shadows on it, whispered, What is that, Nokomis? And the good Nokomis answered, Once a warrior, very angry, seized his grandmother and threw her up into the sky at midnight. Right against the moon he threw her. Tis her body that you see there. Saw the rainbow in the heavens, in the eastern sky, the rainbow, whispered, What is that, Nokomis?'' And the good Nokomis answered, "'Tis the heaven of flowers you see there. All the wild flowers of the forest, all the lilies of the prairie, when on earth they fade and perish, blossom in that heaven above us.' When he heard the owls at midnight hooting, laughing in the forest, "'What is that?' he cried in terror. "'What is that?' he said, Nokomis.' And the good Nokomis answered, that is but the owl and owlet, talking in their native language, talking, scolding at each other. Then the little Hiawatha learned of every bird its language, learned their names and all their secrets, how they built their nests in summer, where they hid themselves in winter, talked with them whene'er he met them, called them Hiawatha's chickens of all beasts he learned the language learned their names and all their secrets how the beavers built their lodges where the squirrels hid their acorns how the reindeer ran so swiftly why the rabbit was so timid talked with them whene'er he met them called them hiawatha's brothers then Iagu the great boaster he the marvelous storyteller he the traveler and the talker, he the friend of old Nokomis, made a bow for Hiawatha, from a branch of ash he made it, from an oak bough made the arrows, tipped with flint and winged with feathers, and the cord he made of deerskin. Then he said to Hiawatha, Go, my son, into the forest where the red deer herd together. Kill for us a famous roebuck, Kill for us a deer with antlers. Forth into the forest, straightway, all alone walked Hiawatha proudly with his bows and arrows, and the birds sang round him, o'er him. Do not shoot us, Hiawatha, sang the robin, the Opechee, sang the bluebirds, the Owe Do not shoot us, Hiawatha. Up the oak tree close beside him sprang the squirrel, Ajidomo. IN AND OUT AMONG THE BRANCHES, COUGHED AND CHATTERED FROM THE OAK TREE, LAUGHED AND SAID BETWEEN HIS LAUGHING, DO NOT SHOOT ME, Hiawatha." AND THE RABBIT FROM HIS PATHWAY LEAPT ASIDE AND AT A DISTANCE SAT ERECT UPON HIS HAUNCHES, HALF IN FEAR AND HALF IN FROLIC, SAYING TO THE LITTLE HUNTER, DO NOT SHOOT ME, Hiawatha." BUT HE HEEDED NOT NOR HEARD THEM, for his thoughts were with the reindeer. On their tracks his eyes were fastened, leading downward to the river, to the ford across the river, and as one in slumber walked he. Hidden in the alder bushes, there he waited till the deer came, till he saw two antlers lifted, saw two eyes look from the thicket, saw two nostrils point to windward, And the deer came down the pathway, flecked with leafy light and shadow. And his heart within him fluttered, trembled like the leaves above him, like the birch leaf palpitated as the deer came down the pathway. Then, upon one knee uprising, Hiawatha aimed an arrow. Scarce a twig moved with his motion, scarce a leaf was stirred or rustled. But the wary Roebuck started, stamped with all his hoofs together, listened with one foot uplifted, leaped as if to meet the arrow. Ah, the singing fatal arrow, like a wasp it buzzed and stung him. Dead he lay there in the forest, by the ford across the river, beat his timid heart no longer. But the heart of Hiawatha throbbed and shouted and exulted, as he bore the red deer homeward, and Iagu and Nokomis hailed his coming with applauses. From the red deer's hide, Nokomis made a cloak for Hiawatha. From the red deer's flesh, Nokomis made a banquet in his honor. All the village came and feasted. All the guests praised Hiawatha, called him Strongheart, Songata, called him Loonheart, Mangotesi. While working on the Song of Hiawatha, Longfellow shared with a correspondent his ambition to weave together their beautiful traditions into a whole. Two of their traditions appear at the end of this section. First, the respect for the deer shown in using both its hide and its flesh, letting nothing go to waste. Second, the sharing of the bounty with all the village. Throughout the poem, Hiawatha does nothing for himself, but for the good of all, for the advantage of his nation and all the nations. These are traditions that can help us and guide us today. I hope you enjoyed Hiawatha's childhood, and that you'll join me again next week for a Halloween ghost story. And visit this podcast website, firesidepoems.com, where you'll find previous episodes and also my email address. I'd love to hear from you to learn a little bit about who you are and what you like as you join me each week by the fireside.